B'Shem Hashem Na'aseh V'Nasliach Welcome everyone to our weekly Zera Shimshon Shi'ur this, this week's Shi'ur is on Parashat Kitisa We are going to Be'ezrat Hashem do Ot Vav Ma'amar Vav, the sixth Ma'amar of the Zera Shimshon This Shi'ur tonight is dedicated Le'ilui Nishmat Yitzchak Ben Matatyahu Ve'ester From the family of Abai May his, may his Neshama have an Aliyah and this shiur should be a melitz yosher for his family and those that will remember him Bezrat Hashem for 120 years in health and success. Amen. And the shiur should be mazake everyone, those that are single to get married and those that want children, need children. Hashem should give them children and bring success and atzlacha in every endeavor of our lives. Amen. Keni Ratzon. Um, those that want to catch this shiur later on, those that are watching live and want to know where it's going to be, obviously it's going to be on Facebook of Nessa Israel afterwards. And also on my Spotify, um, um, you can just search the Spotify um, Rabbi Sakai or um, what was my Spotify called? No, something. Uh, uh, I forgot what they called my Spotify. Someone, no. I forgot what, but you can, you can search it by Rabbi Sakai or the Zerah Shimshon or on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel or tourneytime.com. I, it's the wrap up, yes, the wrap up with Rabbi Sakai. Thank you very much. Um, I, um, I just want to say that Baruch Hashem, since we started this Shi'ur, there has already been one marriage and one engagement through this class. So those that are like, single and want to know if this actually the segula of marriage among other things works there it is the person that i started the shiur for um, I, I started it so that they'll get married they got they got married Baruch Hashem, last month and one of the other girls was telling me this week that she started coming to this class for somebody else and baruch hashem they just got engaged within the year so baruch hashem may 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 we always have good news from each other amen and there are others on the way that we can't say yet, once it happens, everyone will know. <clears throat> the Midrash in Yalkut Shimoni Parashat Kitisa says on the Pasuk, which comes in this parasha this week. It's a pasuk we say every Shabbat at Kiddush. Rabbi Natan Omer, Rabbi Natan says, How do we know that anyone that keeps or guards the Shabbat ketikuna, according to its laws and ordinances, shema'ala alav, that the Torah looks upon that person as if Someone that keeps Shabbat the way they're supposed to according to the halachot they are looked upon from the Torah as if they have kept every single Shabbat from the time HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world until the end of the world when Moshiach comes and there is Techiyat HaMetim until the end of days, it is considered as if that person has kept every single Shabbat. Why? According to this Yalkut, because they kept the Shabbat according to its laws, and they did it perfectly. 
Shenemar, because it says, Veshameru et Bene Israel the Shabbat, and Bene Israel um, kept the Shabbat, or keep the Shabbat, Bishvil Sheshamar at the Shabbat, because, so to speak, he kept the Shabbat. Therefore, Laasod at the Shabbat, they're going to do the Shabbat. For generations as a covenant, uh, as an eternal covenant. So to speak, in the Pasuk it's saying, when you keep the Shabbat, for generations, you're going to do the Shabbat. And the Zara Shimshon says, this is puzzling. Obviously. I mean, I'm sure some of us are thinking this right now. How could it be that a person gets rewarded for something that they never did? We're saying that the person kept one, two, three Shabbats perfectly. And if it's going to be considered as if they've kept every Shabbat from, now, from the beginning of creation, not from now, from the beginning of creation until the end of days. Now, I don't know about you guys, I don't, I don't remember being there in the beginning of creation. And no one knows if they're going to be still alive at the time of Tehiyat HaMetim. Right? We haven't gotten there yet. Right? So how could it be that the Yalkut is saying it'll be considered as if they kept all those Shabbats? They're not there. They weren't there. How did they keep up? Why would they get, get Sakhar? Why would they get reward for those Shabbats if they were not there? Ve'od, and furthermore, what is the language that the Yalkut uses that says... Anyone that kept the Shabbat ketikunah, according to its, I, I mean, I'm translating it this way, or it's translated this way, according to its laws, ketikunah, according to the way it's supposed to be kept, right? It could have just said, whoever keeps the Shabbat. What's the word, why does the Yalkut need to put that word in there? Whoever keeps the Shabbat ketikunah, according to, to its perfection. Like what if someone missed a little bit because they couldn't or whatever. That's it. Game's over. No, you're not going to get the sakhar even though the sakhar doesn't really make... I mean, it doesn't kind of sit right with us anyway because he hasn't kept all the Shabbats. Ve'od, furthermore, we have to see the pasuk of the... Uh, in the pasuk in Yakut says, She'uzkiru bo'shetepe amim Shabbat. In the pasuk in the Torah, it's meant Shabbat is mentioned twice. Right? Why is the word Shabbat repeated dos, how do you say times? Dos veces. Why is it repeated two times? Why just, just say and they will do it or they will keep it? Why the double repetition of the word Shabbat? One time it says Veshameru which means keeping, right? And the other one says, al-asiyah, la'asot, to do, to act upon. So what's the change in the wording of the two Shabbats that we have in one pasuk? Okay. Now we're going to start going into the answer, but it's going to be a little bit um, of a deep road. I actually had to, I, I was telling some people yesterday, I was like, I don't even know if... We'll be able to do this Zerashim Shon tonight because it is so deep. I felt like, I don't know, I felt like if we do it, people are going to be like, where are we? Right? But I decided to, to, to I tried really hard to kind of um, 
encapsulate some of the main points because it's it's a really nice piece, and I think we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine. So just stay with me, and if anybody re, if anyone needs me to, what was the thing that recap. to recap? Please ask me to recap, and maybe we'll if I will be able to recap, I will do the recap. So he says it is known now. Anytime people like the Zerah Shimshon say it is known, know that is what is coming up, you don't know. Always, right? Like sometimes Rashi says, as you know, and I read the rest, I'm like, I didn't know that. I don't think anybody knew that. <laughs> because these were such great people to them, this was common knowledge. Right? It really was common knowledge to them. That's how you know how much the generations have descended. For them, things like this was common knowledge. So he says, Shonoda, you know, it's known that so and so, and you'll see what he means. Now you'll see what I mean. It says, It is known, as it is written in Shar HaKavanot, which is a Kabbalistic writing, Ki be'erev Shabbat matchil lehitnotzetz, on the eve of Shabbat, Erev Shabbat, a, a sequence starts called Basically, the sparking or the sparkling. Lehair ba'adam, the sparkling starts to light up in a person's soul. Some parts of the neshama yatara, the extra neshama that will come to that person on Shabbat itself. So what do we have? On Shabbat, a person gets an extra neshama. Every Shabbat, we get an extra neshama. What that means, don't go too far into it, just an added spark of, of neshama that goes in every person. Which is why most of us, I mean, those that have actually paid attention, Saturday nights we kind of get a little depressed. It's kind of like, uh, you know, everybody feels that way on a Saturday night. Even if you're not religious, Saturday night, once dark time comes, it's like a little bit of a, right? Why? Because this neshama leaves on Motzei Shabbat, comes back the next Shabbat. Because we're missing this extra thing that was given to us on Shabbat, our, 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 we feel that kind of weakness in our soul. This is why one of the things that we do at Havdalah is that we, we smell besamim. Why do we say bore menim besamim or bore atzeh besamim? We smell besamim because... The neshama is, as we did one of the classes before, the neshama is connected through the nostrils to the person's body. So we smell something, a good fragrance to kind of reawaken ourselves so that we, we're, our neshama is not depressed, which in fact actually works. Try it, you know. On Yom Kippur, Ave Minhag, that I go around with a bottle of rose water and I have people make brachot on rose water because they're like, I see them like, kind of like, and it really re-energizes you. Like you, you take a nice, some people go like, thank you Rabbi. I'm like, that's not how you do, come on, take it in, take it in. And they take it in like, oh, you know, it really reawakens you because the neshama kind of wakes up within you because it's Yom Kippur. So, on, on, so he says now, we know that on Shabbat we get this neshama yetera. However, the Shara Kavanot says, when does, when does this neshama yetera begin? Erev Shabbat. Before Shabbat even starts. Before Shabbat even starts, starts, sparks of this neshama begin to glitter within the person's soul. It starts to come. Even though 
It's not Shabbat yet. It's Friday. Oh, you're in the office. You're trying to close up. You're trying to like do the last things. You're in school. You're trying to get your last class in order. Whatever. As it is says in, um, in Ma'ase Bereshit, in the creation, it says, Yom Hashishi. Right? In, in, in the creation, when it comes to the sixth day, we say, Yom Hashishi. That's exactly how it was. With that tune. Yom Hashishi Vayichul Hashamayim Vatares. Hashem created the world in six days, and on the sixth day, everything was done. Right? So he says, the why does it say Yom Hashishi? On every other day it says Yom Revi'i, Yom Shelishi, Yom Sheni, Yom Chamishi. It doesn't say Yom Ha-Chamishi, the fifth day. It just says it was the fifth day. It was fifth day. Chamishi, we know. But when it comes to Friday, it says Yom Hashishi, the sixth day. So the hay, we call it the hay yetera. It's an extra hay. What does this hay represent? It's extra. Lirmoz, to come and teach us that from the fifth hour on, on the Friday, on the sixth day, it is already considered as, it, as if it is already Shabbat. The hay, the numerical value of a hay is what? Five. Hey is five. So the hey yetera according to Kabbalah is what? It's telling us that Yom Hashishi on Friday from the fifth hour on in some ways is considered as if it's already Shabbat. Even though it's not Shabbat yet. But fifth hour on in some ways it is considered as if it's Shabbat. In what way? In the fact that after the fifth hour that spark of that extra neshama yetera is already starting to glow within the person. When I read this, you know what I thought about? I think we all get this feeling. I, I, I'm going to try to lean at or pay attention this time. I think it's around that time that you, you start feeling like, uh, you, uh, I don't know, sometimes I feel a little different after a certain hour on Fridays. I don't know, maybe it's because I already know it's Shabbat. I don't know, but I, I feel a little different. Even when I was a kid, I remember. I used to feel different, like even before Shabbat already on a Friday, you kind of, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. So I'll stop. Okay. So he says, so much so that this, after this fifth hour, it's already considered Shabbat, that it says that in... Uh, uh, um, somebody that... that uh, God forbid, passed away and is buried in Eretz Israel after the fifth hour on Friday, Nitzol Mechibut HaKever. It is saved from something that is called Chibut HaKever, which is a certain... Um, um, what? Um... um Certain types of yisurim and hardship that come on the neshama and on the body the moment that it is buried. When it's buried, there's a certain type of uh, things, turbulations that the person goes through. However, when that person is buried after the fifth hour, they skip that. Because it's already considered Shabbat. They don't go through that. Even though it's not Shabbat yet. Orale? 
Mm -mm. The fifth hour starts from Alota Shahar, from dawn. That's what it would be considered. Around then, somewhere around then. It depends on where you are. Okay, I told you it's a lot of deep ideas, so stay with me. So far, we spoke about the nitzots of that neshama, that sparkle of the neshama that comes after the fifth hour, even though it's not Shabbat yet. The neshama yitera comes early. Furthermore, that erev Shabbat gamhu yom kadosh. Eve of Shabbat is also considered a holy day. Why? Because it has been set aside for a person to start preparing themselves from the morning for the Tzorkei Shabbat, for the needs of Shabbat. Right? The more we do, the bigger the mitzvah is. On Friday, we start as early as possible. Right? Preparations for Shabbat are just as important as the Shabbat itself. So in itself, Friday is a holy day itself because it kind of, you're kind of preparing for Shabbat. You have the mitzvah preparing for Shabbat. So in a sense, Friday itself has the kedushah of Shabbat because you have all the preparations of Shabbat doing on Friday. As it says in Gemara Shabbat, After chatzot, after midday of Erev Shabbat, that is the main time for a person to begin to sanctify themselves. A person should definitely decide that after Chatzot Hayom, after midday on Friday, work stops, everything stops. From here on, I'm going to preparation for Shabbat. I got to do my shopping. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to clean the house. I'm talking about men and women, right? Both have these kind of chores, whatever it takes. If the guy has to pick up a broom and start brooming the house or, or, or vacuum or, or whatever it is, that's what you do. You prepare for Shabbat. It, it has, it's a big, big mitzvah because you're not doing it because you need to work. You're doing it because you're preparing yourself for, for the Shabbat. You have a question? It kind of conflicts the whole six days of work. It's, it's like more like five, five and a half days of work. Right? <laughs> That's so good. That was really good. That was good. It, it kind of came from like a place of frustration. You're like, man, you're cutting me another half a day now. First I thought it's going to be six days work, then it's five and a half days. Next thing you know, it's four and a half days. When do we work? You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But... Um, There is, a, there is a concept in Judaism that is, that is discussed in the Talmud. And that concept is, do we consider part of the day as the whole day or not? Do we say it's called miktsat hayom? Do we call part of the day? If a part of the day has gone, do we say that the whole day has gone? And in halachic situations, it does matter. It does make a difference in certain things. I can't get into all the details right now, but you know, sometimes in halachot of avelut barminan, in halachot of mourning, you know, when they want to be lenient, 
Like for instance, the seven days that a person, God forbid, one person loses someone, God forbid, they have the seven days of Shiva, right? This is for seven days. If, but however, once the seventh day comes, they don't have to complete that seventh day all the way to the hour of the deceased leaving this world. Once the seventh day comes, morning time, it's over. They come out of Shiva. They come out of mourning. Why? Because in certain places, we go with the lenient opinion that Mikzat yom is like Kol Part of the day is like the whole day. Once the seventh day started, it's as if the whole day has already done, finished, right? So this is kind of like that as well in matters of Kedusha. It doesn't mean that if you're at work, you have to close up and da-da-da. Different people have different lives. You understand? It's just saying that there is zikhut, there is a huge mitzvah involved in you stopping from your work even earlier because there is kedusha there too on the on the sixth day. There is something to be. Um, um, there is something to kind of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to grasp in those hours as well. Now, if you didn't, are you breaking Shabbat? No, it's not Shabbat yet. Technically, it's not Shabbat yet. It's just saying that it's not Shabbat yet, yet it has some holinesses of Shabbat because you have the opportunity to bring in the Shabbat by preparing for it. As it says here, a person has the opportunity Kadesh, to, to sanctify themselves, ultaken, and clean up and become better from his clothing. At, um, so that when you're going to greet the Shabbat, you're going with a good heart. Why do you have to be running towards Shabbat when you're late? You know, you're putting your tie halfway to Beth Knesset because you got this late, you got that. Either way, most of the time, even when we prepare from before, we always tend to be late. And that's the work of the Satan. Right? It's like Friday afternoon. The Chachamim say Friday afternoon is the time that Satan is working full force. You understand? Like you have all the winter time or summer time. Shabbat could be coming in at 9 o'clock and you'll still be late. And it's winter time, Shabbat is at 4 o'clock and you'll still be late. It's just the way it is. But when Shabbat is starting at 9 o'clock, from 6 to like 8.30, you had nothing to do. You were ready, but then something <laughs> at the end. That's the Yetzer Hara. Anyway, so the Gemara says, now, now this is, we're going to go into the actual answer now. Now we had some preparation, some introductions. Now let's go to the answer. All right? Stay with me. Thank you. The Gemara in Perek, the second Perek of Chagiga. This is interesting because the Daf Yomi in a few days is going to get to this part. So it's really interesting how it... It says, Tanya Rabbi Shimon Hechasid Omer. Raita says that Rabbi Shimon Hechasid says, on the Pasuk in, there's a Pasuk in Iyov. It says, the Pasuk says, Asher kumetu velu et. Let me read the full Pasuk. It says like this, Asher kumetu velu et, Nahar yutzak yosodam. Asher kumetu velu et means, those that were ordained or cut off before their time, right? Nahar Yutzak Yesodam, their foundation was swept away by the river. This is a pasuk from Iyov. What does it mean? That's what Rabbi Shimon HaChasid 
explains in the Gemara Chagiga. What does this Pasuk mean? He says, I feel like I got to do like a little introduction again. Rabbi Shimon Achasid says, when, when God created the world, there was a plan to give the Torah to humankind after a thousand generations. One thousand generations would pass, then the world would receive the Torah. However, that did not happen. After how many generations did we receive the Torah? 26. We received the Torah after 26 generations. From Adam Arishon until Moshe Rabbeinu is 26 generations. Right? That's lacking how many generations? 974. 974 generations that are unaccounted for, right? We were supposed to get the Torah at a thousand generations. Instead, God gave the Torah at 26 generations, right? Now, generations, we're talking about people that made up generations, right? Like Adam to Shem and then Shem, right? So on and so forth. Now, in Iyov, it says, Asher kumetu belo'et. Those that were cut off before their time, Rabbi Shimon Achasid says, Elu taf taf kuf ayin dalet dorot. These are the 974 generations shekumatu that were come off, that were cut off. That there was a gezerah on them lehi bareot kodem shenivraha olam. They had a gezerah that they should be created, meaning they should come into the world when the world was being created. God said. There's going to be these people that are going to be created into the world. However, at the end, lo nivra'u, they were not created. God did not bring them. So to speak, He cut off their time. Not only they, were, they weren't created and killed before their time, they just never came into being. They were planned to come into being, they never came into being. 974 generations of people did not come into being. So it was as if they were cut off before their time. That's the Pasuk Rabbi Shimon HaChazid is saying that Iov is pointing out to, right? Why was this? Why did this happen? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that the world will not survive without the Torah for a thousand years. People, be, people began to go wrong way too early. The freedom of choice, the moment that Adam Arishon ate from the tree and the whole Yetzer went into our beings, it just changed all of the master plan, right? And because of that, people were just too bad, so to speak. And if God would have held off for a thousand generations, it would have never happened. The Chachamim say, these Nitzotzot, these Neshamot, would, would have been so wicked that would there would be never a chance for teshuva, never a chance for comeback, nothing would erase their original sins, and the Torah would never be given. There would be no chance of the Torah being given. So what would happen? It would have to be another mabul, 
or another Dor Aflaga, another destruction, because it couldn't, it couldn't happen. So what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? Instead of bringing these Neshamot into the world and having them destroy and ruin it for everybody else, he just didn't bring them into the world, they were never created, and Hashem gave the Torah after 26 generations. So far, so simple, right? This is like first grade stuff. Okay. Right, so if anybody has the question, like I did in my mind, that it seems that this decision was made for these neshamot before they were even born. You're making the decision that they're going to do wrong, so you're, they're not going to even come into the world. Like, they don't even get a chance, right? So I saw that the Marsha talks about this. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar brings it. He says, these neshamot HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew. He knew exactly, obviously. Hashem knows what he's doing, right? He knew that these neshamot come, there would be no chance for the world. He knew exactly what these neshamot are. And I'll, you'll, see, you'll see now. So he says, continues, Ve'amad HaKadosh Baruch Hu ushtalan. HaKadosh Baruch Hu came and what did he do? He came and dispersed these neshamot bechol dor vador, in every generation. Instead of bringing them out before Matan Torah, which was what was supposed to be, after Matan Torah, little by little, HaKadosh Baruch Hu started bringing out these neshamot into the world in different generations. One here, one there, one there. And a chalak of these 974, a part of these 974 is born in different generations. And who are these people that are in these different generations? Hen ha'azepanim. These are people, not good people. These are brazen, wrongdoing people in different generations. That are found in every generation. I'm sure people are thinking like, oh, who do I know that's probably one of those nisha? Huh? Democrat? <laughs> I don't know. Until here is his, what he says. The Kabbalistim write, Sheha. Now listen to this. The Mekubalim write, the mitzvot that a person does on Erev Shabbat, before Shabbat starts, from morning until the time of Shabbat, the mitzvot that we do preparing ourselves, preparing our clothing, making sure our clothing are clean, making sure we have the best type of suit, best type of skirt, best type of dress, best type of whatever, getting our haircut, getting that shave, uh, 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 putting the best perfume, making the best fish, making the best food, buying the best of the best, and spending money to, to, to set up a table, like the table of Shlomo Amelech, all these things, when we make these preparations before Shabbat, for the kavod of Shabbat itself, in, for the respect of Shabbat itself, hem tikun le'elu, Taf taf kuf ein dalet dorot. This brings a tikkun for these 974 generations. It perfects these 974 generations so that they find their tikkun and they go back up to where they're supposed to be. Why? 
How do we know the Mekubalim say? How do we know that you that close up your office two, three hours early to prepare for Shabbat, you're making a tikkun for these 974 generations that were never created? How do we know this? Oh, mic drop. Mic drop. As they bring a remes and they say, Erev Shabbat, Ein Resh Bet, Shin Bet Tet is the same numerical value as 974. Erev Shabbat is 974. When a person does the mitzvot on Erev Shabbat, they are bringing a tikkun for that 974 generations that was supposed to be for the receiving of the Torah. So everything we are doing on Erev Shabbat, we're actually making a tikkun for all those lost souls, all those lost neshamot that were supposed to be and they never did. Or they're scattered around different generations and they don't do teshuvah because they're, they're, they're wicked people as eponim. According to this, now we can answer. This is the perush of the pasuk when it says, "Veshamru bnei Yisrael ha'Shabbat le'asot ha'Shabbat le'adorot hamberit olam." Why does it say one time "Veshameru et ha'Shabbat" and the other time it says "la'asot et ha'Shabbat"? Keep the Shabbat and then do the Shabbat. What's the difference in the wording? Why have twice Shabbat in the same pasuk and then one time say "keep the Shabbat" and the other time say "do the Shabbat"? Why the second time? Why twice? It says, When Bnei Israel shamor, shamor means to keep, or dehainu, that they're keeping what? means what? That Bnei Israel are really keeping the Erev Shabbat, not Shabbat itself. Why? Because that's the time that a person is shomer. Shomer can also mean mamtin, to wait, or, or to, um, um, you know there's a pasuk in parashat, um, pasuk in parashat, I think it's parashat, um, let me see. It's in Parashat, I think, Vayeshev, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think it's Parashat Vayeshev. Remember when the story... Yes, Parashat Vayeshev, in Bereshit, Bereshit Lamed Zayn Yud Aleph. It says, Yosef HaTzadik was bringing the dreams to his father and his brothers. Right? And I was saying, I had this dream and I had that dream and the brothers were getting upset. That what is you, You're saying you're going to be the king over us? Right? And that chapter ends with saying, Ve'aviv shamar et hadavar. Yet his father kept this thing. Right? Over there, Rashi explains, I believe. Right. Rashi explains over there that when it says his father kept his word or kept this thing, he said his father, Mamtin. He said, I will wait. Shamar also has the connotation of waiting. Lishmor, to wait for something, right? To keep something and wait, to keep on it, to stay on it, so to speak. So it was really Yaakov Avinu saying, you know what? 
I'm not going to get upset at his dreams. I want to wait and see what happens. And he was right. He waited and he saw that the dreams actually came true. So when the Pasuk says, Aviv And Yaakov Avinu kept this thing, it meant he was going to wait and see what happens. So here too he says, what does it mean that Bnei Israel will keep the Shabbat? Lishmor, to keep, to safeguard, really means to wait for, to anticipate. What is the anticipation of Shabbat? Preparation. Preparing for Shabbat. We're anticipating Shabbat, we're waiting for it, we're preparing for it. When does that happen? Erev Shabbat, on Friday, before Shabbat itself. So now he says the Pasuk makes perfect sense. That's why there's twice the Shabbat. Veshamer Ben Israel the Shabbat. When Ben Israel wait and anticipate the Shabbat by preparing for it until Shabbat comes, lekabelobik to shof tahara to bring it in with holiness and tahara with 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 purity, so that what kedeshe yuchal laasot at Shabbat in order to be able to actually do the Shabbat. To observe the Shabbat. That's the La'asot. So the Veshamru and La'asot come hand in hand together. It's really saying, you prepare for Erev Shabbat, on Erev Shabbat for Shabbat so that you can really keep Shabbat the way you're supposed to. Right? Ketikuno. That's, the, that's what it means when Yankut says Ketikuno, to keep Shabbat according to the way it's supposed to be kept. What's Ketikuno? Ketikuno means Erev Shabbat and Shabbat have to go hand in hand. Don't rush into Shabbat. Anticipate Shabbat. Get ready for it. Get dressed for it. Cook for it. Buy for it. That's how you go into something so great. This is so crucial. Listen to these words. Only who, only those whom work hard on Erev Shabbat, Shabbat will eat on Shabbat. This doesn't mean you're going to be sitting at a table eating. It means you're going to enjoy Shabbat. If you really worked hard to bring Shabbat in, then you're really going to enjoy Shabbat. What does this really mean? It has many, many different meanings. has very deep meanings. person comes into this world. This world is Erev Shabbat. You work hard. You prepare. You do the mitzvot. You do chesed. Then you'll be able to, in the world to come, which is the true Shabbat, to really enjoy your world to come. If you didn't work on Erev Shabbat, you're not going to really enjoy the Shabbat up there. This world is considered Erev Shabbat, truly. We have the opportunities to prepare, to do the mitzvot. The mitzvot are our preparations. You prepare here on Erev Shabbat, so that when we go up, we enjoy our Shabbat. We have ta'anug. We have a feast. Chas shalom. If we don't prepare here, it's like a person that arrives at a big Shabbaton, a huge meal, and they're in a t-shirt and shorts. And they look at everyone wearing beautiful dresses and amazing suits, and there's a, a fragrance in the air, and this guy smells like a plumber. He just came from work, he's all sweaty, right? Not Mike Diamond's plumbers. They smell good. Right? <laughs> this guy comes in and unfortunately he feels out of place or she feels out of place. That's what it is when a person comes unprepared. If you want to really have the ta'anug of Shabbat, you have to prepare from before. The az. 
So he says, so when you're finally prepared for Shabbat, then you eat on Shabbat from what you prepared from before on Erev Shabbat, ve'az, and therefore only then, if you prepared everything, everything from before, then it's going to be considered for that person, for generations. We said, what does it mean? We said in the beginning, the Yalkut says, if a person really keeps the Shabbat, the way he's supposed to, it's as if they kept Shabbat from the beginning of creation to the end. We said, how could that be? They're not alive at that time. How could it be that the guy's going to get rewarded for something he didn't do? Beginning of creation, he wasn't there at the beginning of creation. He's going to get Sakhar for the first Shabbat. He wasn't there. So he says, what does it mean? It is nechshab, it is considered from as if he kept all the Shabbatot, ledorotam, for generations. What does that mean? It's talking about the 974 generations. When you're keeping the Erev Shabbat, ledorotam, those generations from the beginning of creation, that are now dispersed in all the other generations until Tachiyat HaMetim, depend on you for their elevation. 974 generations depend on us keeping Erev Shabbat. We're not even talking about Shabbat right now. Erev Shabbat. To bringing them Tikkun. Kelomar. Keilu Tiken Kol It's as if he made a Takana. He fixed all these different Neshamot. Shem Shetulim Bechol Dor Vador that are dispersed in every generation. This tikkun, this elevation that he does for all these neshamot, who? It's only with keeping the Erev Shabbat, which we said Erev Shabbat has the same numerical value as 974. And all the mitzvot that a person does on Erev Shabbat, little by little is divided within these neshamot that are dispersed around the world. And now we have answered the questions we had on the Yalkut. That on Erev Shabbat, this extra neshama already before Shabbat starts to sparkle. And it's a time for a person to really dig in and start preparing for the Shabbat itself. And that becomes the tikkun ha-neshama, fixing those neshamot. And whoever waits and prepares for the Shabbat, Hosif tikkun neshamot, he adds a tikkun for those neshamot that were lost, the 974 neshamot in every generation. That's why in the beginning of the Pasuk it says, Vishameru ben Israel, keeping Shemirat Shabbat is a hint to Erev Shabbat. La'asot et Shabbat is Shabbat itself. Shimur is what comes before Shabbat. That's the Erev Shabbat. Therefore, we have the double repetition in the Pasuk. Everyone following so far? Did I lose anyone at all? It was good. So far, good. Yeah? Okay. So just a little bit more. Further, we could say, another kind of an answer. The reason why the Pasuk says Shabbat twice because it says first veshameru ben Israel et Shabbat, and the shameru is hainu lishmor et Shabbat bahazmana bahachanaruya 
That is to keep the Shabbat by getting prepared for it and making preparations before Shabbat comes. And afterwards, La'asot the Shabbat is what? Lihyot zahir b'chol dine Shabbat. La'asot the Shabbat is to be careful with all the laws of Shabbat. Don't just do all the preparations and set up a beautiful table and all dress properly and everything. And when Shabbat comes, you have no idea what you're supposed to do. Person is responsible to find out and learn about the laws of Shabbat also. What am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? A lot of times there's a lot of things on Shabbat that not only are we allowed to do, we're supposed to do. People think it's asur. Because they think it's work or whatever it is. And a lot of times there are things that are asur to do on Shabbat. And people think like, what do you mean? Uh, why shouldn't it be allowed? So it's our responsibility to learn all the laws of Shabbat. That's la'asotata Shabbat. That's how you keep the Shabbat or do the Shabbat. How? By really knowing the laws. And he says, another just a cute thing. He says, he says also, why does it say, ve'od, uh, why does it say twice on Shabbat, one time b'shamiru and the other time la'asot? It says, because if a person keeps the Shabbat correctly once, and he prepares for it also, he gets a special zechut that every other Shabbat afterwards, he has a special helping hand, helping that person to truly keep the Shabbat in the way it's supposed to. Why? Because as we know, there are two malachim that come home with every person on Shabbat, and when they see those people around the table, truly prepared, the table is set, the chalot are there, the wine is set up, a beautiful table to bring in the Shabbat, the two malachim give them a bracha and they say, may, may it be Hashem's will that next Shabbat, you should always also have the same shalom that you have in the home now. God forbid, vice versa is also true. That's why we have to always make sure that our home before Shabbat is prepared for Shabbat. The table is set before Shabbat, for Shabbat, with beautiful new things, uh, uh, nice plates, whatever. It could even be, it could even be uh, uh, um, um, uh, disposable plates, but have different kinds of disposable plates for Shabbat and different kinds for the rest of the week. Don't use the same ones, use nicer ones for Shabbat. This way you are, you are honoring the Shabbat by preparing for it. And when you do that, you get a bracha from the malachim that you should always be able to prepare for Shabbat in any way you want. And on top of that, when we do all these things on Erev Shabbat, we have a special zechut that we are making a tikkun for all those lost neshamot that were supposed to be before Matan Torah and never made it. We make a tikkun for them. And when we make a tikkun for them, that brings Moshiach closer and brings Techiyat HaMetim closer as well. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen ve'amen.